welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online as part of our radio loop feed. Uh, that's the uh, that's the second link on our homepage. That's at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. That radio loop is the version of this show that is running in a loop constantly. Uh, if you go and uh, access it, you will pick up this show at whatever point the loop happens to be. We find that many of our listeners, uh, having gotten used to this particular way of accessing us over the course of the five years plus that we've been doing this show and doing well over 700 shows, it might be closer to 750 individual center-left radio shows. We've been around for a while, folks, and we're hanging in there, and, and, and I thank you for your interest uh, as, as a major reason for our success in that area. Um, but if you pick it up, if you like thinking of, uh, of, of a talk show as something that happens when you flick on your radio dial, well, then the radio loop is the way you want to listen to us. Pick it up at whatever point it happens to be and get engrossed in it. The other way, of course, is the more uh, what's becoming the more traditional, the, the typical way of which, uh, uh, of which people get information like something like center-left radio, whether it's an audio feed like us or a, uh, a video feed, however, you, however or whatever your preference happens to be, whatever show you like to watch or listen to, you simply go to our podcast feed. That's the first link on our homepage. Again, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Either way, you're with us, and we're very glad you are. It is uh, the 22nd of March, a Tuesday. Uh, we are still getting slight uh, inklings that there might be another few more flakes of snow coming down. Even here uh, in, the, in the lower Hudson Valley, we could get them even though it's uh, we've already had our 70-degree days. But then again, we've had 60- and 70-degree days throughout the winter this year. And we've had, well, we haven't had a lot of snow, not by a long shot. Uh, I would say, could we have had 18 inches the whole, maybe two feet the entire winter? Well below what I think the average is supposed to be. The temperature has been so erratic and so, and so all over the place that it's hard to, to find, in a word, a way to describe the season. Normally, I can think back in past years, and say, oh, that was a very cold winter, or, or that was a mild winter. I don't know how you describe a winter where you've had those bitter cold snaps, and then you've had... Uh, temperatures in the 60s and even close to 70 in the middle of, of January and February. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to, to put a handle on it. 
the fact that it's weather and it's temperature means that everybody is experiencing it. But as far as a long-term memory of it and a description of it, I'm, I'm not sure how that would work out. Uh, you'd have to almost describe it point for point. You'd have to say, well, during that week it was this way and that week it was the other way, and maybe even give up on the notion of a, of a single adjective to uh, describe the meteorological conditions of the season. Uh, but it's something that we like to do because we like to abbreviate. We like to, we like to shorthand our experiences of stuff, generally. It's an easy way to talk about it. It's an easy way to share it. It's an easy way for us to sort of put it into a category that is easily pulled back up for memory's purposes when comparing it to other seasons. It's just something people tend to do. And of course, this process is not limited to discussing how we perceive seasons or the weather. It's, it's, it's in all phases of our lives. Um, in school, uh, it, it, it's a good, that it was a good professor, a bad professor. It was a hard course. It was an easy course. Oh, she's a nice person. She's a nasty person. We, we like to kind of sort of water down a lot of the, or, or, or soften the edges of difference or, or, or ease up on anything that would contradict an easy way of describing stuff. There's just an awful lot of stuff that we categorize. We're certainly encouraged to do this with social media. I mean, that's probably the ultimate example of this. This is this way, that is that way. We're at the point where there are separate facts. If you happen to be a Trumpian versus a far-left person, uh, there is anything but an easy way uh, to, to take a lot of material into account at any one point. Whenever you're pulling up a particular group of facts in your head, we, are, we have this tendency, we, have, we are conditioned, I guess you might say, to want to be able to make a snap, not so much judgment, but a, but a snap categorization of stuff because it's just easier to handle that way. Now, the same holds true, largely, of our perceptions of our own safety. You, you, you see, I think you see already where I'm going. Well, maybe if you don't, but you'll see it in just a moment. Stay with me on this. Uh, it is hard not to be depressed or not to feel, cons okay, depressed is going pretty far afield here. To, but, but I think that's not too far afield for a lot of us. Uh, to feel a great deal of concern about the state of the world, the state of the nation, and the state, especially in, in large cities in this country, the state of safety generally in large cities. 
we we know of course with with uh, with Russia invading Ukraine the sheer horror of that and the ugliness of it and its wall to wall coverage largely from uh, from the major media outlets from print and and cable news and broadcast news there's tons of stuff being hurled on the internet there's craziness being said there's 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 irrational positions that are just the extension of positions that even if you didn't know the facts one way or the other the conspiracy ishness sounds kind of nuts uh, one of the favorite ones with Ukraine now is that the US for years has had biological weapon laboratories going in Ukraine and has been preparing and had them there so they could be right on the Russian border. It winds up there is not an iota, not a shred, not the tiniest bit of factual reality to back that up, but that's a popular one you will get. And it's one of the ones that the group that seems to have this need to if not flat out support Putin and say that it's all understandable and justifiable, at least, well, we really shouldn't be defending the Ukrainians. So you sort of step back from the whole thing. And it's, I think for many people who are that way, it's, it's a way of, of, of emotionally disconnecting, not having to really feel the, the, a lot of the human crap that's being hurled on behalf of or because of one individual, or so we would be led to believe, one individual who was able to basically handle and throw an entire uh, continent or continents or planet into a certain level of chaos simply by having grandiose visions of a grander Russia and having no one to stop him. On the other hand, that might not be such a weird thing when we realize that we had Donald Trump, but... We had a guy who was madly in love with Vladimir Putin, obviously, just enthralled with him. Forget the fact that he owes Russia probably, we don't have exact numbers, the IRS undoubtedly does, but probably a few hundred million dollars. His sons are, one, which, what was it, Donald Jr.? I always remember this. I remember seeing it on air. I actually saw the, the tape of this saying, oh yes, we get most of our money from Russia. Probably the single dumbest thing ever spoken on on air by anyone, but that was something that he reminded the rest of us of, uh, and 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 so one can easily understand Trump's uh, focus and, 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 and desire to, I like, I like Vlad attitude, uh, certainly from the perspective of pleasing your major, uh, lender, uh, your major benefactor, and, and that at, at the same time also having this bizarre fascination with, uh, with, with that type of individual wishing you could be one yourself. And this from a guy who couldn't even pull off, uh, a decent, a decent insurrection who was dumb enough to affiliate himself and to, per, and to show himself as being the leader of an insurrection on his own behalf. Some of the stupidest crap on the planet. And then to, of course, as he does day by day, continue to yell and scream that it was all justified because of the big steal. And this is what 
Republicans seem to want to have back here. This is the same guy who was impeached because he tried to screw the daylights out of Zelensky by basically trying to bribe him by withholding the very money that he needs and has gotten and the defensive weapons that he's gotten right now in Ukraine until he would bring up something against the Bidens. And then maybe he would consider giving the money uh, to Zelensky and allowing the weapons that have already been voted on by Congress to get there. The guy who tried to destroy Zelensky and is madly in love with Putin, this is the guy that Republicans are saying, yeah, this would be, the, this is our leader, this is the guy we need back in. This, as virtually all Republicans, except the totally insane ones, are in lockstep with Democrats, at least on the issue of Who's to blame about what's going on in Ukraine right now, what the Russians are doing? That, 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 that Putin is an absolute uh, lunatic. Well, no, that's wrong. That Putin is a megalomaniac who basically is attempting, uh, who will do anything. And the supposition at this point is that he might also try using chemical or biological or, God forbid, this thing could possibly escalate to the point of, um, dare we even think the thought, nuclear weapons. This is all within the realm of possibility right now. But what we know, what we see day by day about everything involving Ukraine and Russia is essentially this compression, this compression of images, a compression of, of, of verbal categorizations and it's largely the same thing every day. I, I brought this up to someone uh, the other day, not, not, not for the sake of, um, of, of questioning, not, not, the word isn't questioning, not for the sake of diminishing the effects of what is happening in Ukraine. I've spoken to people from Ukraine, but this is all real. Trust me, it's real. These are, I've, I've spoken to people who have family there. We'll be having a dinner guest over uh, this weekend, and she, uh, her family is from Poland and lives in the town that is right on the border of Ukraine where everything is coming through, where all of the refugees are coming through. Um, we'll be hearing information about just where the troops are, the NATO troops are uh, right now. In fact, they're in that town. In fact, they're literally, there are NATO troops as we speak that are literally on the border, literally on the border between Russia and Ukraine. The staging for what Putin might, might do next is basically taking place as we speak. This thing is a little bit more real, I'm afraid, than even the imagery we're getting. But what we're not getting are the images of the actual fighting. We are seeing missiles coming in, blowing things up. A standard image that you see on your screen is a picture coming from some kind of a security camera somewhere in the distance. It's a large, a large open, a large open picture of what? A building. Uh, this morning I saw a security footage from a shopping center. All is calm, all is peaceful, and suddenly, boom! Something hits and everything goes flying all around it. Typically, you don't see any people in these shots. It's essentially uh, stuff 
being blown up by uh, remote guided missiles being sent in. I don't know if they're the equivalent of cruise missiles or whatever the Russians are lobbing in there. And the explanation given is that this is because Putin has basically been realizing a stalemate situation because he's going against Ukrainian forces that are at least the match so far for his Russian forces. And in his frustration, as the analysis goes, he's resorting basically to lobbing in uh, missiles and trying to just soften the hell out of the, the infrastructure and the populace and getting them to ultimately to concede, getting Zelensky and everybody to give in and say, we give up, do whatever you want with us. And every indication is that that's not going to be the case. And every indication is that he's pulling NATO closer and closer day by day. And every indication seems to be he might be willing to use biological, chemical, and God forbid, nuclear weapons, just because he's, if if you will not embrace us as your fellow Russians, as you were supposed to, embrace us, Ukrainians. We are all one people together. Oh, you won't embrace me? Well, in that case, I'll destroy you. This is the illness of the man. I'm not going to say he's nuts, but anyone that could, that could be that empty and that heartless that could actually find a way to do that is ill in a very, very real spiritual sense. Well, there's a lot of illness going on. I, I, I mentioned before, we, we are constantly bombarded with the notion of how bad things are from a crime perspective around us. And I, I, would, I, would, I would venture to say and I can speak, I'll speak primarily for where I am. Here I am, and uh, I am just north of New York City. I'm in the Hudson Valley. I'm looking at the Hudson River out a side window right now, closed and no sound coming through. But I'm looking through uh, still leafless trees uh, down from about a 270. 300 foot elevation down a hill and if as the as the crow flies probably less than a thousand feet away is the east bank of the Hudson River and three miles away from that across is the west bank and I'm looking at that river and every night I look at it and if, if, if the weather is just right uh, I get some of the most beautiful sunsets in the world uh, here where we are up on the hill uh, for about oh I'd say six months of the year then when the leaves come back up on the trees that changes of course we can't see because we're on a hill and the trees are big and they're high and they're old and we can't see through them that's the reality the reality is that we live in a relatively calm quiet little place here in the Hudson Valley where people still literally leave uh, doors open uh, hard to imagine that this close to New York City but there's a sense of community. Uh, the, it's, the population is very much uh, controlled. We, we keep the numbers of people down. The city plan, the, the village planning people are very conscious of how much additional building is going on. If someone suggests there's going to be more going on, well, there's all sorts of hearings and people get upset. It's a very upper crust of people, by and large. Our tax base is extremely high. 
high, uh, one of the highest in the countries, I would venture to say. We, but then again, we have one of the top-rated school systems in the country, public school systems as well. Our public services are excellent. Uh, our local police force, although probably a redundancy. It, sh it should be merged with other local police forces. This has been a, a whole situation, a financial thing and everything else. But they're, they look great. They drive very clean cars and have neat pressed uniforms and, and by and large don't have a hell of a lot to do because that's how we live. Yet, if you look at statistics in New York City, literally, and I can, if I, if I, if I just go down the block and then look left and look down the huts, and then there, there's the skyline of Manhattan, about the, 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 at least the, the largest buildings, less than 30 miles away, easily seen on a clear day, there in New York City, and well before that in Yonkers, crime is absolutely out of control, things have gone nuts, or so the impression would be. If you follow nightly news, if you follow internet, if you follow any kind of social media, anyone talking about New York City will tell you right now that it's completely, insanely out of control, that we are in the worst crime wave of, well, certainly this century, that things are, one would assume if you're thinking about coming here from out of town, if you're getting these sources, oh my God, should we really think about coming here if we want to visit, if you are in a position to do so, if, if, if the theaters, dear God, remain open and all that other stuff, or are we basically walking into a hellhole of crime and deprivation, and is, are the odds are that we're going to find ourselves having the worst time of our lives? Are we going to be under constant threat of physical harm? You get the idea. That's the New York that's out there right now. Now, I did something. I, I picked up, I, I, just before starting the show, I just, I just wanted to have something concrete, no, no, no shorthand, just the facts, okay? If you were to ask anyone what the single biggest form of danger is in New York City right now, in other words, what is the thing you're most worried about going to New York uh, about, uh, you know, for? What, what is it that you think would happen to you? What's the worst thing that can happen and why would you not go? What, what do you think could happen to you? And I would venture to guess that most people would say, well, it's, it's getting, getting shot. Everybody is killing everybody, right? Everybody, people are getting shot constantly. If you, if you look at, the, if you look at our, our local our local um, uh, broadcast, and, and, and starting the morning with the local news TV broadcast, typically uh, on ABC or CBS or, or NBC especially, and, and you kind of get this morning uh, flood of whatever is going on, most of it is predominated by who shot who the night before. 
there's always some kind of security camera footage and there's always some some kind of a uh, there there there's evidence of it going around there's there's kids running wild they're usually kids of color young i put i put them teenagers or maybe early 20s people of color with guns never shooting particularly uh, elegantly no one looking as though they've had specific training in the use of their weapons and there's some kind of an, a sudden emotional outburst of anger or something and somebody starts shooting someone else these are the images that we are fed on a daily basis. That, that's what you would imagine New York, if, this, if you're getting the same feed out of town, this is what New York City is to you. It is a gun thing run amok, okay? Now, I, I wanted to get, I just simply wanted to, I wanted to concretize this. And I got these statistics from the New York City Police Department. And these are statistics for the month of February, year over year. In other words, a comparison of February of 2021 with February of 2022, recently completed month. And the statistics are in, and I'm sure there'll be some corrections to them. But, but this particular statistic I'm going to give you probably won't require that much change. You know, you know, when the Labor Department announces unemployment every month, then a few weeks later there might be variations because these are statistics being picked up from the whole country and it was a high number, then the number comes down, or it was a low number, it goes up, whatever. No, this particular statistic I'm going to give you will probably not change simply because the base numbers are pretty are pretty, you know, you can wrap your arms around them fairly easily. Here's what it is. Let me ask you a question. How safe did you feel living in New York City in February of 2021? And that's a, that's a, that's a weird question because in February of 2021, what was, on our, what, was, what was the one big thing, what was the thing that everybody was absolutely aware of constantly? COVID, of course. Uh, a year ago, uh, everything, we were in the middle of the whole vaccination process or finally getting to vaccinations. We were, we were basically, everybody was preoccupied with what was going on with the health delivery system. You didn't get a constant sense of crime as being the big thing. It was all about COVID. During one year ago, in February of 2021, there were 77 citywide shooting incidents. That's how the, the, the NYPD describes them. So presumably a shooting incident meaning somebody doing something wrong or illegal with a gun. Uh, a murder, an attempted murder, a, a discharge of a weapon, an inappropriate discharge of a weapon. 77 shooting incidents. How many of those resulted in injuries or how many of those resulted in deaths? I don't have that. But 77 incidents of shooting taking place throughout the city. How many, if that was in 2021, and, and, and killing with guns seems to be the thing that is defining New York, 
what do you think that number should be a year later in February of 2022? There were 77 incidents, citywide shooting incidents in February of 2021. How many would you imagine there would be in February of 2022? 77 in 21. There were 76 in 2022. One less. One month, granted, maybe February winds up being an outlier. But if you really want to, you know, speak in terms of statistically, someone could have put a statistic up and said, and for the year to year from February of 2021 to February of 2022, the number of shooting incidents in New York City is down. And therefore, things are, and we thank our New York City police force for making us, and the first thing you go, whoa, whoa, that, that, that's not, that's not what's really going on, is it? I hear about stuff happening on the subway, and I, and I hear about a lot of, and it sounds like a lot of crazy homeless people are out there doing all kinds of crazy crap and everything. And pe- Yeah, there, there are a lot of other things to take into account. But, but I, I, I just wanted to, to put this to you that strictly on the issue of gun-related incidents, I don't have, I don't have whether these, they resulted in deaths, I don't have anything else. This is from the New York City Police Department. These are police, New York City Police statistics, no reason to assume they're anything but accurate. Published on their website. There were 77 gun incidents in, in February of 21, 76 gun incidents in February of 22. What does that mean? Well, well, it, it doesn't mean that everything is fine because anyone who would try to extrapolate just from that set of statistics would be lying to you. And, I, and I'm, now I'm going to go right back into the same statistics that are coming from the New York police. Uh, This this is under a category of additional statistics for February of 2022. And again, everything I'm going to give you is year over year, February 22 over February of 21. The difference in percentage changes are what it's all about. Try this. There were... There has been an increase in the month of February from 2021 to 2022, a 73% increase in transit crime incidents from 2022 in 2022 over 2021. 73%. That sounds like you should not be able to come near a subway station or a train without fear of instant harm coming to you. Now, more numbers, more numbers. In February of 21, there were 105 incidents. There are, by the way, hundreds of miles of New York City subways. There are how many stations? Hundreds of stations. And there were 105 incidents in the month of February 2021. 105. There were 182 in the month of February 2022. In other words, 
if you felt reasonably secure about traveling the subways in 2021, then the difference be, for the month of February 2022, when many people would have the impression that it's Wild West, all hell is breaking loose, and anything could happen at any moment, there were 77 more incidents. 77. Spread over uh, 28 days, spread over hundreds of miles, spread over 24 hours a day, all over the entire system. Does that justify, do you still feel that the transit system is a Wild West situation? Maybe you do. If you use the transit system day by day, then that's one set of feelings you should deal with and be aware of. You will take that information and process it one way if you are forced by your circumstances to deal with the New York City transit system, with riding on the MTA. If you're not, if you're sitting up here 25, 30 miles up on the, up, up on the Hudson and you're able to sort of look down and I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying this to mean my neighbors or anybody else, but to basically look down the hill at the Hudson and watch the sunsets and really not have much to do with it. It's convenient to imagine that it's all falling apart. But if you live and work in New York City, it's not. You, you, you have to basically be more cautious. You're more aware. There have been periods in the last, I'd say in the 70s, during the David Dinkins administration, I can remember being extremely <laughs> aware of being on the subways. I was on the subways every day. I, uh, I, before that even, I can remember I was working down uh, in, in Greenwich Village and traveling back up uh, to the uh, North Bronx at night and taking the subway from uh, the village all the way back up, going through some pretty rough neighborhoods on the subway, and being extremely uh, conscious of who and what was around me. Th this is by no means a new event in New York. The possibility of, 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 of coming to harm and difficulty is nothing new here. But these are concerning statistics. This is a sign of things getting worse. And since, and, 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 and since you asked, there's a number of other statistics that go with this. Uh, incidents within housing authority, the New York City Housing Authority uh, basically runs projects. I grew up in one of them, I know what this is like. Um, between, uh, from February 21 to February of 22, there were 98 more incidents than there were uh, one year earlier. That's a 28% increase. Uh, the transit situation I just mentioned, the 77 addition, additional incidents, that equated to a 73.3% increase in crime. If I tell you there were 77 more incidents, I'll give you one reaction. If I tell you there was a 73.3% increase in crime, I, you, you know and I know that you will, we will both have a far different reaction to that notion. My 
God, it's gone up by 73% year over year. It's falling apart. There were 73 more incidents over the course of a month in a system that has uh, about 1,000 miles of track and hundreds of stations. Which of those two gets your, uh, your blood pressure raised more? Which is giving you more information? How are, you, how are you concluding what's going on? How do you feel? What do you do? What, what, what do you internalize? How do your emotions work? What is your fear factor? Can you see room for hope or change in hearing these statistics? I'm going to keep going here. Hang on now. Uh, more from the police department. February over February. February 22 over February 21. Additional raw numbers. There were three more murders in February of 22 versus February of 21. Citywide, 35 more rapes. 458 more robberies, 304 more felonious assaults, 362 more burglaries. This is a heavy one. 1,663 more grand larcenies. Most of those, a grand larceny accounts for a car being swiped. That's, that's usually what, what grand larceny equates to. When you, when you look at a total percentage overall, Okay, there were, well, let me, the totals here. Major crime categories. There were 3,379 more major crimes committed in the month of February 22 over the year of February, the month of February 21. That's a 58.7% increase. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's worth paying attention to. Does it, if you live in New York, does it, does, it mean, does it mean you can't go to New York? Does it mean that you have to be in a constant elevated state of fear at all times? Does it mean that you can't imagine, does it, does it, does it make you want to blame somebody? I guess that's, a, that's, that's the big one, isn't it? Whose fault is this? Why is this happening? That, yeah, there's enough of a change that we should be asking why. Now, if we don't want to really get into really reviewing the why, and I don't have that information here. I'm sure that the New York City Police Department, I don't know if they release all this information, but I'm sure that this information gets a hell of a lot more granular as to exactly where these crimes happened, who committed them, and there has to be some kind of uh, logistical or, or, or tactical uh, consideration, a tactical review that would suggest how to deal with this going forward, and perhaps some source review that would, that would discuss why this stuff is happening and who is doing it and where it's happening, why all that is happening in the first place. I'm sure it's all out there. But the way we consume information, it'll be a lot easier to, again, just 
slap it all down or, or compress it all down to a... Here's the reason why it's bad. They are bad. The easiest one is they are bad. And they, fill in the blank, is usually, usually people of color. They are bad. Statistical reality, yes, most of the crime is happening in areas where people of color are placed. But, but, here's the issue. You have to add to that the economic downturn resulting from COVID. You have to add to that the exacerbation of the homeless situation that has happened as a result of COVID. You have to add to that the economic forces at play in the market that are resulting in oil prices going up. You have to add to that the fact that we are finally seeing this falsely retained cap on inflation giving way. You have to add to that the supply chain issues that are going on around the planet. You have to relate that to COVID. You have to add to that Putin. You have to add to that everything else going on in the world. And somehow, if you could hold all that in your head, you might be able to form a reasonable uh, conclusion about why crime is where it is at right now. And more importantly, what should be done about it? There would be both a facing of the issue. Here's, here, here's what the real full picture problem is. And with that information, create a clear, concise sense of this is what should be done. You would have, to put it another way, you would have faced what otherwise would have been an imposed fear, an easily shorthanded message of fear that's being done to everybody who consumes media. You would have been able to think through it you would have been able to draw reasonable conclusions. You would have hopefully not been subjected or you would have found your way around the obvious crap that's out there, the conspiracy theory crap, the, the flat-out lies that are out there, and formulated a reasonable sense of here is what the damned problem is, and here's what makes sense to do. And doing it from a broad, broad understanding of what's out there. Now, does that mean that your reactions, your emotional reactions, if they are based on anything less than this broad comprehension of real information, are invalid? No, I'm not saying that at all. But you should be aware that we are, the, the whole lot of us are being given less than we really need, or at least not being permitted to discuss, not being able to, 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 to capture the full scope of what is happening in, in, in so many related ways, because everything is connected. What people ultimately do and the way people act rarely is just the result of one 
isolated situation. Things tend to be connected. This is not for the sake of, I'm not getting ready to, to find a way of excusing criminal behavior or anything of the sort. I'm saying that we live in a complex, complicated world where many factors go into creating the type of statistics I've given you for a large area over a period of time. And you've got to be aware of and sensitive to all of it in order to make a rational decision. And if you don't know all of it and are aware of it, chances are you will draw a conclusion that may take you in a wrong direction. And chances are the conclusion you will draw will invariably be to point a finger at someone who is doing something bad or wrong. It's their fault. They are doing this. And invariably, that doesn't work, short of a Vladimir Putin invasion of a Ukraine. But when it comes to civic correction, civic uh, of, of putting things back together again, in a society that has been through a pandemic, is still in a pandemic, hopefully, dear God, at the tail end of it. Simple finger pointing doesn't work. The Trumpian way of, of, of approaching these things, while as attractive as can be, is absolutely the single most counterproductive way of doing anything. Invariably, the, the, the factors get more and more complicated and the human tendency, this is how we are, is to simplify. The more complicated it appears, the more our desire to, to, to just basically simplify the whole damn thing. We can't do that. Or, or dear God, we can't have leaders. We can't, we can't be led by people who are that way, dear God. We can't make decisions. We can't act on decisions being made in knee-jerk ways. You can't do it. Or, because if you do, you are going to go down a wrong path. You're going to screw the daylights out of whatever the situation is right now. You're only going to make things worse. And especially in a situation of first impression like COVID has been in so many ways. We have been so fortunate to have some reasonably bright people. There are tons of them out there that are, there are tons of politicians that are trying to take advantage of the situation, that are basically trying to just whip everybody up, the whole mask thing. I mean, childishness beyond my wildest dreams. I'll park my truck and stop everything if you ask me to wear a mask. I mean, Give me a damn break, will you? Imagine, imagine how, how conspiracy whacked out you've got to allow your brain to get to actually decide that I'm going to park my truck and I'm not going to deliver anything and I'm going to stop everything because someone asked me to wear a mask. How? Come on. I mean, the, the only, my, my first reaction, my only is grow the hell up. Stop. I, I, I understand people having questions about the vaccine, but the, but the simple reality is that under any other circumstances, we would have taken three years at least before releasing these vaccines, but we didn't have that option. 
and the vaccines, very, very simple to see the statistics on this. If you have a vaccine, your odds of being in a hospital and dying go down by about, oh, 99% or 95%. It makes sense. Will people have reactions? Sure, with every medication there is. Listen to your TV ads for any medication out there. May cause death. Uh, if, you, if you have a shortness of breath, if you can't see any longer, if your eyes stop working, and if you have major rashes developing on your entire body, especially on the palms of your hands, please contact your physician right away. Have a, I love how much better my psoriasis is now, is how it ends with the happy face. What the hell do you think you're listening to, people? This is the stuff that you're actually taking lovingly day by day. The counterindications are out there. Why? Because the government tells you that. You, you have to know this. This is the law. Are there counterindications, contraindications for taking a vaccine? Of course there are. Any vaccine, any medication, especially when you spread it over hundreds of millions of people or billions of people worldwide. But what's the other option? Well, you, you park your truck and, and you stop the supply chain even more. Come on. Get past this crap. Think, think past. Be, be interested enough to take in more information. I, I don't want to turn this into a finger-waving session, but I get so damned annoyed with people who get fixated on one statistic or two statistics and extrapolate outward completely to create an entire world, and it invariably winds up having a political underpinning. Come on, stop this. We can't do this. This, this isn't going to work this way. We can't bring Donald back again. We've already played that game. We've sh that, 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 thing is, that thing won't even go into... You can't put that in reruns. You can't. We can't go there. We've got to think some more. Please, please, I mean, I guess, I guess if there's a single message to this show, I'm asking people, think some more. Because when you don't think, your fears will overwhelm you. And even if there's stuff to be concerned about, if you can look at the, at the, the wealth of factual reality that's out there, you will at least be able to face the, the challenge, the problem. And if you're looking at enough material and if you're willing to think about it, you will also come to an idea about what needs to be done rather than just dropping into a fear mode, wallowing in it and looking for some place to point your finger, you'll start thinking about, well, this is what really needs to be done on all these different fronts. Because it is a complex situation. It is. And you have to have smart leaders who can recognize that and work on it, not just make one side or the other happy for the sake of getting reelected. That's not going to do us any good. Never has. America should be better than that. We are better. We're capable of being better than that. Now, you're going to go today before the day is out, and you're going to be hearing more about Russia and Ukraine, and you will feel horrible. And you'll hear more about New York City if you live here in this area, and you'll feel bad, and you'll feel frightened, and it'll all keep just pounding on you and pounding on you. Unless you want to look at more of it and research it and find out what's really happening. 
and get as much information as you can and listen to people who are pretty smart about this stuff and recognize not just the shorthand of it, but the longhand of it, what the components of this are. And you may not feel great going in, but you will not be reduced to fear. And it's when we're reduced to fear that the worst of what we can do gets done. This is the problem always. Fear brought on by ignorance producing wrong action, wrong thought, wrong from the sense that it's not based in reality and invariably is counter to what we need to do in order to make our lives and make our society generally better. We can't operate from that position, and God knows we've been doing it for a while now, and we just don't have the luxury of our stupidity. It is stupidity. And it's fear, and there's no need for it. We have enough information to understand what needs to be done. And we have people out there who can do what needs to be done if we support the intelligent, thoughtful people that are willing to actually confront the reality that causes the statistics, the reality that causes Russia to do what it's doing. We take some confidence that these are difficult times. There will always be difficult times, but there are people out there who can deal with them. That's why we elect leaders, not to get us to basically have a tribal conflict among ourselves, not to basically give us another culture war issue to basically fight and parry back and forth with, no, but to solve real world issues, to take it out of the realm of pure fear, and by suppressing our fear, by facing what the problem is, suppressing the otherwise overwhelming fear that would come with that, and elevating the possibility of change. And with change is hope. Hope and love come with the inevitability of change. Evolution. Moving well beyond anywhere we are now. Not repeating. Going forward. MAGA is the antithesis of hope. Putin's notion of a glorified Russian, the great Russian state, the great Russia of the, this is, this is MAGA by any other words. It's going backwards to something that never really existed, but it will exist in the minds of people who are willing to basically fearfully face anything but this idea of a fantasy, that anything else is fear inducing. I can give you a fantasy. Join me. We've been living in this thing. Too many people I know are living in this MAGA fantasy and not seeing the world and all the different factors changing around them. You can't be there and expect things to ever get better for anyone, including yourself. Look at everything. Get rid of all of the false crap that you're basically swallowing simply so that you will not, simply so you can deal with your own fears. You're still fearful. But at least you can rationalize your fear and someone is basically going to do so. Donald will take care of it all this time. Donald will destroy us once and for all if he ever got back in. He's not bright enough to be a Vladimir. But there will be people who will use him this time and basically use him in the worst possible way. And we might find ourselves in a Vladimirish kind of a mode. Get that in your heads, people. Please, 
I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't, I don't, I don't like to do a finger waving show and I don't mean this to be a finger waving show, but we really got, we, we have to do better. We have to think, we have to look at everything that's out there and really give things a sniff test. Okay. If it sounds a little wacky, figure it might be and, 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 and look, look for more than just look, look at the source, consider the source. Mom always said that consider the source. My mother didn't, but maybe yours did. Consider where you're getting your information from. Consider the motivations of people giving you that information. There, there's, there's a whole wealth of stuff that we have to take into account. And more than anything else, when we realize that whatever we believe is pitting us firmly against some other segment of our own society, another group of people, recognize that that just might be a result that the people giving us this information are going for because it's going to help them in some political, financial, or other control or power way. Just think about that. If I'm being put in a position where I am absolutely at odds with this group of people because of what I'm being asked to believe in, what now what, now what I'm spewing forth, you might want to stop and think about what you're spewing and why the person who gave you the information, and treat, really try to figure out who gave you the information, why they're giving it to you. Come on. Really. We're supposed to be smart people. America's supposed to be really, really, really smart bunch of people. We can do this. Think about it. <laughs> How else? <laughs> With a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We are having fear-isms pumped at us. And if we only accept those words, those ideas, those images, without diving deeper and understanding what's behind them, we will simply dive into a state of fear, not a state of understanding and comprehension that might produce hope and evolution, but staying in fear. That's a bad thing.